Heavenly Father, there is nothing that is better. We have so many luxuries in this life, so many things that we don't even think about. We tend to construct idols in our own minds, but we need this reminder here today that even through this comfort, even though uh, we not, may not worry about where, how we're going to pay our next bill, there's still nothing that is better than you. When we think about what you've done over the course of history, what you've done, and even in our own lives, Father, we say thank you, and we praise you for loving us in such a special and mighty way. Father, help us not to take that for granted. Help us to give you rec the recognition you rightly deserve. Help us to continuously be on our knees and to say thank you. And for us to go out and tell others just how good of a God that you are, how good you are, and, and how privileged we are to serve you. There is nothing that is greater. So, Father, as we open up your word here today, we, we come with anxious anticipation for you to speak to us through your word. Not so that we can leave here with head knowledge, but so that we can be drawn closer to you in our relationship with you. And that we'd be so excited about who you are and what you've done that we would go out and tell others so they too can have hope in this hopeless world. So Father, give me the words to say and how to say them. Hide me behind the cross so people might see more of you and less of me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My Lord, my strength and my redeemer, whom I trust. <coughs> this is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. If you're online with us and, and joining us a little later, um, this might look a little wacky for you, but uh, we have, we've got a furnace out and have somebody to come look at it. Hopefully we'll have somebody out to repair that. Uh, tomorrow or, or Tuesday or so, but so we're uh, we're making it work. We're doing the best that we can, uh, even if we had to be outside. Yeah, well, probably not if we had to be outside. How much do you really? How much do you really love God? <laughs> but we're improvising here today and this morning. And uh, just we've been blessed with, you know, the, 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 the size of the church and the, the newly updated remodeled rooms. And so we're here uh, taking, taking advantage of that while um, instead of being in a 46 degree sanctuary this morning. So it's a little warmer than that in here. We're going to continue our series this morning in spiritual discipline. So if you haven't been with us, what we've been doing for the past several weeks is really walking through how do I apply what I read in the Bible to my life? It's one thing to call yourself a Christian, but if you don't do what the Bible says, then you have to ask yourself the question, am I truly a Christ follower? Do I really follow uh, Jesus? I want to, There are a lot of cultural Christians. I know some, some pastors in the South, and there's a lot of cultural Christianity, so you, it's hard to evangelize there because you ask somebody about their faith and they're oh yeah, I'm a Christian because I, I grew up in the church and my grandmother did this and my mother did that. I'm like, well, what do you do? Amen. Amen. And that's where I go on. You know, there's Easter and Christmas. I try to get there and weddings and things of that nature. But, 
you know, the word says we should be doers of the word, not hearers only. Because if, if you just hear it, then you're deceiving yourself. And, and let me tell you something. If, if you think you're a Christian and you're not doers of the word, you don't read the word, you don't talk to God, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. When you pass on from this life to the next, you will have to give an account of what you did or did not do in your life. And some people are going to be shocked. But they went down the wide path instead of the narrow one when they thought they were doing okay. So I want you to be prepared. Amen. I want you to give, if you are ready, always ready, you don't have to get ready. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I want you to be able to put into practice every day in your life practices and disciplines, habits, whatever you want to call them, so that you can grow in your faith in yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. That you know for certain when I was saved and, and I went to the deacon of the church and told him I wanted to be baptized, one of the things that he said to me, and you probably heard the same thing, uh, he, he said, I want you to know that you 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 are saved. I'm like, why, why can't I be so many do you knows? <laughs> but he wanted me to be sure. He wanted me to be certain and understand the step that I was about to make. And what that means for me in my life. I couldn't continue to live like I lived. Mm -hmm. Listening to gang gangster music and foul mouth and doing all these things. Hey, that, that doesn't work. Right. And the, the, the Lord sanctified me over time and is still working on me. Praise God. But today, one of the spiritual disciplines we're going to talk about is prayer. And we, we all kind of know and understand and, and talk about prayer but today I want, I want to really dig in and make sure we're on the same page. So when we talk about spiritual disciplines, probably the most important one that we have is prayer. And as Christians, it's the central way for us to be in perpetual communication with God. It's a crucial aspect of our relationship with God, and it has the power to actually transform our lives. It, you know, we, we tend to have an overused term like, oh, man, that was life-changing. You might go to a great restaurant and have a, a good bite of food. Or like, oh, my, my life has changed. But, I mean, come on. Listen, that's a stretch. It might be really good, and I'm a foodie. I've had some really good food, but I don't know if it's been life-changing. But prayer, brothers and sisters, is life-changing. If you were commit to this daily discipline, hourly, minutely, Discipline, minutely is not a word, but I just made it up. If you commit to it, then your life will be changed and transformed. It's that crucial of an aspect of our relationship with God. And so the next important discipline is, is reading your Bible. So if, if you're talking to God, you've got to know who God is, and the way we get to know him is through his word. So hopefully you, you all have put that practice into place Remember we talked about at least daily spend some time in God's word. Uh, find a place in your house where you can go and sit and it's comfortable. You know, and you got that Pavlovian uh, effort there. So whenever you sit in your chair, your Bible chair, then you like, I want to read my Bible. This is the time that I'm going to pray. This is the time I'm going to handle all those things. Right. So that's super important as we talk about daily disciplines and studying the scripture along with that and, and, and continue to be transformed by his word. Uh, but real prayer, prayer, again, is life changing. Be, be aware that prayer is not just a religious ritual. It's not just something you do sometimes and you say this thing repeatedly 
and you, you're not even conscious of what you're saying. You just have a rote thing that you say over and over again without even really being present. It's a vital spiritual discipline that helps us to deepen our relationship with God and grow in our faith. But before we get started, again, let's get on the same page. What is prayer? So the easiest, the most basic definition is talking to God. I mean, I can't get more easier and plain than that. Prayer is the primary way that you and I, as believers in Christ, communicate with God and fellowship with that's it. We like to make it hard, but it's really not that hard. You and I have access. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, oh, Pastor, would you pray for me? Uh, because I mean, you're a pastor, and you got that direct connection. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, I talk to God. God knows me. I know him. But you also have a direct connection to God. And you don't have to go through me, and I might be a roadblock. You don't have to go through nobody else. You can go directly to the God of the universe. How cool is that? That the God that wanted, that spoke in the universe, left into existence, we have direct access to him. That's right. You know, we live in a celebrity culture where people like to, to go and see celebrities or maybe you're, you're at work and you're trying to work your way up the chain. You know, how cool is it? Oh, man, I have access to the CEO. <clears throat> And they ask you what your opinion is on a project. You feel so good. You feel so, oh, man, he asked me for my opinion. I'm a nobody. Well, multiply that by infinity. And that's how our relationship with God is. That he cares for us so much that he would listen to us. That we could talk directly to him and have direct access. Now, prayer can be audible. It can be silent. We can pray in public. We can pray in private. And when we pray, our prayers are addressed to God the Father in the name of Jesus um, as our mediator and through the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. So that's really, so when you, uh, we hear most of our prayers, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, right? Because he is our mediator. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Unlike Catholic tradition, there's no biblical basis for petitioning Mary or any of the other saints to pray on our behalf in heaven. I don't see that in scripture anywhere where it tells us or instructs us to pray through anybody there. The argument says, well, if I'm going to ask my brother and sister on earth, can I just ask people who already passed along and pray for me on my behalf? I don't see that in the scripture. I don't see where it is necessary. We have a straight line to the Father, and he cares for us, and he listens to us just like a loving father would. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but Jesus is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There is no one else who can mediate between us and God. So you can pray to Mary or ask Mary or any other saints, but there is only one mediator between us and God. They, they don't have any status in order to help us out in that way. Hebrews 4 and 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. The Old Testament, 
God's people were represented by priests. However, everything changed when Jesus came. And you notice that in a lot of these religious ways and rituals, uh, Jesus came and turned everything on his side. And when he gave up his life for the cross, Scripture says that the, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and removed the separation between us and God. That's what Jesus did for us. Yes. He brought us closer. He drew us, drew us more near. And so from then on, believers in Christ are priests as well. When we all have, as priests, direct access to Christ as our high priest. Romans 1 and 5. It says, Jesus Christ, with the, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So when we talk to God through prayer, and you do this, so what do you talk about? And what do you what could you possibly have to say to the God of the universe? Well, Paul helped us, the Apostle Paul helps us in, in Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How comforting is that? I know a lot of us have a lot of things going on in this world, in this life, and it's easy to be anxious. It's easy to be stressed out. It's, it's easy to feel like I, I got too many things. I got too many balls in the air that I have to juggle. But Paul says, don't be anxious about any of it. Right. Don't worry about that. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we can talk to God about any. In everything. There's nothing too big, there's nothing too small that you can take to God. You're not going to bore God with um, how your day went. He's going to say, okay, get to it, Joe. I mean, I was there. <laughs> He's not going to say that. He's going to listen intently and lovingly. I've heard people say that they don't want to pray because God's got more important things to do. Like he can't handle it. But let me, let me tell you, first of all, God doesn't worry. He's got everything under control. He, he, he spoke in the universe, left into existence, and he controls everything that is going on, on on this world and in this world. I think he can handle your prayer requests. Amen. I don't think that's, he's sweating over any of that stuff. He, he is there to listen. And remember, um, God is, is the one who loves you. God is the one who opened up this communication by sending his one and only son. And so because of this, we can praise God and tell him how much we love him. When we realize that he's there for us and he's faithful to listen, he cares for us, then we can take anything and everything to him. We can, make, we can pray to make requests and seek his guidance and ask for wisdom in any and everything that comes our way. For those of you with children, you might remember when they were growing up and they were little and they come home from school and you're picking them up and you ask, how was your day? 
You know, most kids, they, they come and they tell you the story and what happened from the time they got there to the time they left. They could tell you what, what projects they worked on and what snack they had. And, and, and little Billy, he didn't do his homework and he said this and he shouldn't have and go on and on and on. And as a good parent, you just sit there and nod. Oh, really? No. Oh, wow. What happened next? Right? You love to hear and you soak that in. But then as our children get to be teenagers, uh, you ask them how their day was. What's the typical response? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. No, what'd you do? Nothing. You were there for eight hours today. You did nothing? No, didn't do anything. What'd you learn today? Nothing. What am I sending you there for? Right? Brothers and sisters, don't give teenager responses to God. He, he loves you and cares for you and faithful and to, to listen to you. And he wants to know. He wants you to bring everything you have and get it off your chest. And I want you to be childlike and share everything that's going on in your life with God. That shows how important God is to you. When you would take any and everything to him. Right, when, you, when your kids run in and they can't wait to tell you things because they, they know you care about them, it's the same way with our Heavenly Father who is in heaven. He's not going to get annoyed with you. He's not going to ignore you when you speak to him. This is the fellowship that we have with God and it is the heart of prayer. So we understand what prayer is. We kind of understand what we should be praying for. So when should we pray? How often should we pray? The Apostle Paul again helps us out with this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. It says, rejoice always. And this, I can just stop there. It's not specifically about prayer, but you know, as Christians, we, we should take this to heart to rejoice always. Some of y'all walk around mean mugging, and you just got the resting Baptist face, and people <laughs> wondering what's going on with you. When the word says rejoice always, people should be energized when you're around and want to have these conversations. But this is about prayer. Let me get back. First Thessalonians 5 and 16, rejoice always. And this says pray without ceasing. That's right. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So how often should you pray? All the time. All the time. Not just when, you, when things get hard, not, not just when you can't figure it out on your own, but all the time. And I don't know about you, I mean, just, just walking around is, Lord, I don't, I'm doing this, and what should I do, and how, where should I go, and how do I do it, and this person said, and, and as I'm talking to him, start working things out, right? Things start to come more clear as I'm speaking to him. When I was growing up, I would spend a lot of time with, with my grandparents, and uh, I, my grandmother would wake up early in the morning. I, man, I still don't understand. But I, I would hear uh, her, well, first of all, I would hear like some bumps and stuff going on, and it turned out she was working out. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's all the bumps and tumbling around going on? And so she would, she would do her little workout, and then she would water the plants, and she would just be talking. And one day I was like, Grandma, who are you talking to? Oh, baby, I'm talking to God. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, you're talking all morning. You, you got that much to say to God? But that's how much she loved him. And she understood the, the value and importance of prayer. And even though I didn't understand at the time, 
Now that I look back on it, I'm like, man, she has something. She, she understood what, what this could and, and should look like, what this pray without ceasing really means. And she absolutely read it in scripture and she took it to heart. And I want that for myself. I want that for each of you to be praying all the time. And when we pray, we admit that God is greater than we are and we, he ultimately knows what's best for us. So you can go to your friend, you can go to uh, your, your family member and be asking for advice, but they're not going to help you as much as God will. Uh, they, they're, the knowledge is limited, and half the time the advice ain't no good. So when you go to Scripture and you understand what God's will is for you in your life, then it helps you to work out those things. And you can go right to God and listen to his word to be able to get some advice that's valuable to you and usable. First John 5 and 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked for him. So again, large or small, Whatever it is, you can go and ask your Heavenly Father. Amen. I, I'm asking you to pray about keeping the pipes warm. Like, God can handle that. Amen. <laughs> you know, and he, I, I trust him for that. Mm. But even this opportunity that we have here today to be in this room, you know, my, my prayer has always been that I want to show and help see the, the importance of worship in this church. So people would value their relationship with Jesus Christ. And here we are with an opportunity to practice that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about what God is doing here directly for us here at First Baptist Bolingbrook. You know, I think we make prayer way more complicated than it needs to be. You know, I grew up hearing people pray and they would use a bunch of flowery language. And, and as they were playing and praying, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't. I, I can't do that. And if that's what God needs to hear, then I guess I, I pray ain't for me, because I didn't understand, and nobody would teach me. Nobody would disciple me. There's, they would just repeat all these different words. I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. Like, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, I felt like prayer would never be accessible to me because I didn't know how to pray right. I struggled with this for a really long time. Because the examples that I had from other people at other churches, I'm like, I, I can never attain to that because I, I don't get it. It doesn't click for me. So how is it that we should pray? When we think about praying, what, what should we do? Like, do, do I need to work, need, need all these big theological words in order to pray? Uh, do, do I need to, to pray in a certain way, in, in a format, in order for God to hear me? Matthew 6 in five, Jesus tells us directly what he wants for us when it comes to how we should pray. He tells his disciples, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. <laughs> I'm not going to cast some aspersions, but I've seen some people. <laughs> they, they act like they're big and mighty in this prayer life, and you get to know what they're doing outside of the church. And there were some hypocritical things going on. Jesus said, don't be like them. You know, they're, they're trying to look good by their prayer, but their lives don't exhibit 
that they are actually following Christ. So Jesus says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you got the King James, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. So we know this as the Lord's Prayer and it gives us an outline that we should follow. So he's not saying pray this exact thing, these exact words every single time in order for your prayer to count. That's not what he's saying. He's given us a framework for which we can pray. If we don't know what to pray, we don't know how to pray, here's a place to start. Here's a jump start to get you going. You can still pray whatever comes to your mind and talk to God like you would, would a normal person. But if you're just, you're just stuck, you don't feel like praying, pull this out. And it just gives some help for us. So this basic pattern that we see here at first is we should pray God, praise God. Thank him for who he is and what he's done. Amen. And then pray for his work to be done in the world. I mean, we live in a tumultuous, messed up world. And we all need Jesus. And we should be praying to that end. And, people, and it's easy to get into a habit of praying selfishly, but it, we should be praying for our daily needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, Lord, please give me that Maserati. <laughs> Lord God, that million dollar home over there, I need that. And I mean, he's not going to ignore you or hurt you, but I don't know if you really need that. Pray for your daily needs. And, and how you can glorify him through what he gives you. Remember we talked about stewardship a few weeks ago? Everything we have is a gift from God and it doesn't belong to you. We're only managers of it. So unless you're praying for that million dollar home so you can bring in immigrants so that you can serve the Lord and be a manager to him, then it might make more sense. And pray for help in your daily struggles as well. You know, it could be, again, small or big, like that, that one co-worker that gets on your everlasting nerve. Like, you need to take that to the Lord. And then not only for them, and we want, we want to go and like, Lord, work on them, fix them. But sometimes it's us. Amen. And Lord, how can I love them and, and, and smooth over this relationship that we have? Because it ain't working. How can I serve them? And let me tell you, when you pray those prayers, that's what I'm talking about, transformation. That's when that happens. Because when you pray for somebody, it's hard to hate them. When you pray for somebody, it's hard to dislike them and and, want to just cast them aside. 
the Lord will work on it. And I know what's happened for me in my life. I, I mean, I don't know this guy, and we just don't get along. But Lord, there's got to be a reason you brought him into my life. And I can't say we're, we're friends, fast friends, but we're not at each other's throats either. Because God has shown me, and hopefully you got examples for you in your own life, where God has worked on you so that you can be able to serve others. So as you look at you know prayer and what to pray, it's not so hard, is it? I mean, we don't want to make too much of it. He gave us a framework. He gave us what to do and how to do it. And it's really not that terrible. You know, for me, after I understood this, I realized that prayer is learned just like everything else. It's learned. You got to practice. And so for me, early on in my life when I was like, I'll never get there, it turned out I didn't need to be there in the first place. And that I could learn how to have a conversation and communication with God. So if any of you are intimidated by prayer like I was, I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope you can take this and say, well, maybe I can pray. And I don't have to pray right. I can just take my requests. I can take my thoughts. I can take my needs and my desires directly to God. So it's okay to start without any knowledge or any awareness as to how to pray because we all start from somewhere. Right. I wasn't always a pastor. Uh, I had to learn how to do these things. I had to learn first how to serve the Lord before I can help anybody else serve him. That's right. And so it's vitally important for us. So it doesn't matter how weak or strong you are in your prayer life right now. You can grow and to be stronger in your prayer life. Because you see, when a child of God gradually learns to pray, just it's just like a child learning how to talk. You know, when children are babies and they can't express themselves, they don't have words. They just cry. They cry and yell and throw a fit and a tantrum, but they don't know any other way to express themselves. And as a loving parent, we, we go and try to anticipate those needs, but we also teach them how to communicate. And as we go along, we what's wrong? What's good? Is, is it your belly? You need a diaper change? Are you tired? Or whatever is going on. And over time, they learn how to put these words together so they can communicate their thoughts, their needs, their desires. So it's okay when we go to God to be childlike because he loves us. He's faithful to us that he would take us through that and help us to learn how it is that we can communicate with him. It's no different for us when it comes to prayer. So when we learn from God and others, it's just, just as important for us to learn by doing. So it's one thing to listen to somebody pray, like, okay, I think I'm getting to understand. They pray this way, they pray that way, they say these type of words. That's one thing. But you got to do it. And that, that's how you learn anything. You learn by doing. Remember we said, uh, you know, people that are hearers only and not doers, they're fooling themselves. Same with prayer. You got to do it. And I would encourage you, uh, you can do it in private, absolutely. Yes, that's good and necessary. And also pray corporately. Also pray out loud with others. Because you, sometimes you might like, well, this sounds stupid. Or, man, I don't know the right things to say. Or sometimes they're the sweetest prayers. 
that people, sometimes we get so sanctified that we're all the way up here and, and we don't pray for the, the plain things that are going on in people's lives. And so I encourage you to, to, to be engaged and to pray with others because not only you're a blessing to yourself, but you could be a blessing to others as well. Over time, what we realize is prayer strengthens our relationship with God. James 4 and 8, it says, draw, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Prayer also is a weapon against temptation. Matthew 26 and 41 says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I don't know if you've been there, but I know I have. Being in the moment where you're at a fork on the road and you've got to make a decision. And you, you want to do something, you want to say something that you ought not. Yeah. It's in those very moments where you've got to double down on prayer. I think I told a story about you know, somebody going off on me at work on my last day. Man, I wanted to give it to them. But I, the simple prayer of, Lord, hold my tongue. And I felt this calmness all over my, because before I felt my, my chest get be big and my back was getting stiff and I felt my face get hot because, man, I was going to let them have it. And I said, Lord, hold my tongue. And then I asked, how can I serve him in that moment? And it changed the whole dynamic of, like, instantly. Like, he was coming at me angry and yelling, and as soon as I responded, like, okay, that's fine. I saw a shift in him, too. Like, what just happened? <laughs> he saw it. In those very moments is where you need to pray, when you need to double down, especially if you don't feel like it. Especially if you say, I don't want to pray about this. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. You need to pray. You need to force yourself to pray because that's the time where you most need it. Because prayer has great power. James 5 and 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So how do you apply this? Because the goal for us is not just to hear what I'm saying and like, oh, that was a good message. The goal is for you to take something away and put it into practice right now, today. So prayer is not just a discipline of the mind, but it's also a discipline of the heart. And it requires us to intentionally set aside time to pray and communicate to God. So again, that's the first thing. In a great time and opportunity where you know that, that you can set aside some time to pray is during your daily Bible reading. Before and during and after, you can pray that whole time. And it's great even when you, re you read scripture, then you can even pray scripture to God. So, I mean, how easy can you make it? Like, I'm just going to repeat God's words back to him. I mean, it don't get any easier than that. And so that is a great time to be able to set aside and, and do that. When we set a regular time and a, and a place for prayer, and then start with a simple and sincere prayer. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done and things that you would continually do for us. And you can speak to God just as you would speak to a friend. Although over the years, talking about you know, my, my homie God and stuff like that, I mean... If that's your thing. 
But uh, I don't know. I would like to have some reverence still in me. But as you pray, also meditate on God's word and listen to his voice. So make a prayer a daily habit. Pray in any and all circumstances. If anything is coming up, anything comes your way, Paul encouraged the Thessalonians to do this, to say, to, to be, be praying without ceasing. In good times and bad and joy and sorrow, what the, the, the challenge that we sometimes have is when things get hard is when we spend most of our time, time on our knees in prayer. That's good. And we also need to be praying in times that are good. And we thanking God because, man, it is so good. I don't have anything that I need to be worried about. And stuff is just working like clockwork. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And how can I be using this for somebody else? But when you get between a rock and a hard place, then you, you want to come to prayer service all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Always be praying. Pray without ceasing. Also pray for others. You know, just as we bring our own needs and concerns to God, let us also intercede or be praying on the behalf of others. James 5 and 16 tells us this, and therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. So there's this prayer. Prayer is a discipline that requires practice, requires persistence, and it requires patience. And so I want you to continually be thinking about each of these things. And at the same time, remember that God is not a magic genie. You know, God is not a magic eight ball or, you know, you rub and you're going to get three wishes. That's not how this works. This is a relationship that we have with, with God, our Heavenly Father who loves and cares for us, who, who walks with us and sometimes carries us when we can't stand or walk. So prayer isn't asking for what we want, but more aligning with the hearts of God and be willing to seek his guidance and strength. Because when you read the Bible and you want to know the will of God, what happens is you learn about his will and you start praying for those things. And the scripture says that when you pray that God will give you your, your heart's desires, but your heart's desires aligns with his will. So not just any and everything that you can think of and want, and he will pop it up for you necessarily. Through prayer, we can experience this transformative power of God in our lives and grow deeper in a relationship with him. Hopefully you guys understand what this means and what this looks like. And you're already thinking about, okay, how can I add this to my daily life? How can I set aside some intentional time of prayer and also pray without ceasing. What does that look like for me? And I want you to practice it. And I guarantee you, your life will change. Amen. I guarantee it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. And we thank you for the opportunity to communicate with you. Thank you for making a direct line and giving us access to you. And we pray that you would help uh, to, to make prayer a daily discipline for each of us in our lives and that we would grow deeper in our relationship with you and hear your words. Father, teach us uh, to pray according to your will and help us to trust in your provision and guidance. And in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.